when I work with people, one of the first things that I usually look at is how are they using email? Because it's one of the most unoptimized, misused tools that I come across. And it's the tool that's been around the longest. All email is, is it's an external to-do list that other people can add to. So once you're able to get a grip and actually get to inbox zero, not unread zero, it, that alone can save three to five hours a week. The name of the game with anything, email, any tool is, can it help me to transfer knowledge faster? What's the quickest way for me to be able to retrieve information? That's it. So when I'm evaluating a new software, a new plugin, a new way of using a tool, that's really the, the thing that I'm asking myself. Will I be able to transfer knowledge faster? All right, what's up guys? Today we have a very, very special interview plan that I know that everybody is going to want to take notes on. Like, so make sure that you have a uh, pen and pad out. As is customary, Lacey and I love to bring on fascinating people who have solved fascinating problems for you. This is no <laughs> exception. Today we are joined by Nick Sonnenberg. He has a company all about leverage. In fact, it's called Get Leverage. And in fact, I was having a conversation with Nick earlier, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, and you use Get Leverage. I didn't even, I, well, I, I know, knew that, I but I didn't know Nick. I know. use. I know. And I, it's so funny. You guys are going to love this because essentially what we're going to talk about is all the things that you hate to do in your business. And the solution for it. And when, I, I, I got to tell you though, when I found the solution for it, I was so excited because you all know that I am very techie. I love all things tech. I love the admin part of stuff, but man, if you can offload some of that to somebody else, not only does it free up your time, but it makes things way more efficient. Yeah, normally here's what happens. Like you meet somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing tool. Come on my podcast. Let's talk about it. This was actually reversed. We yeah. thought it was an amazing tool. I met Nick and I was, and I was like, like, wait a minute. I was like, sure, like, we already use their I, company. I know, I know that. Get they leverage thing. I've, yes. I've made you download the app. You what a great know. tool. So yeah, we're gonna awesome. we're gonna dive into this because I want everybody to know what what this company, what get leverage can do to you. And Nick is not just an entrepreneur. For you. Yes, for you. And he's not just an entrepreneur that just solved the problem because that exists too. Like I just solved this problem. Like he has tons of experience in understanding the problem. And that's what I think makes him highly qualified to be able to deliver this solution. So get your pen and paper out. Welcome, Nick Sonnenberg. Nick, welcome to Black Diamond Club, none of your business, all of those things. Oh, thanks for having me. And thanks for being a Leverage client. We love it. So things are changing. Um, we'll, we'll date the podcast or this recording a little bit because we're coming out of a time of a pandemic where a lot of people were forced into their homes. And I, here's what I said, and I, I don't know if you'll agree, but I said the pandemic, what it did is it forced everybody on the planet because everybody was affected equally to reevaluate our commitments with everything. So our commitments with significant others, we saw divorce rates go up during the pandemic. You lead with that? That's well, that's good. true because that's the closest relationship. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure pregnancy rates have gone up too. Well, that too. Yes, to be too. fair, that too. <laughs> that's fair. They reevaluated a lot of their commitments to their staff, to the people that they work with. A lot of people are like, wait a minute, I don't know if I need all these people. They also reevaluated their relationships with their providers. So even a lot of the people that we serve, they're having to make sure that they strengthen their relationships with the clients that they serve because it sort of was this instantaneous leveling of the playing field. And because of that, I believe that you and your company were just beautifully situated for this, right? I mean, what, what have you seen during this sort of change in the way that we behave, work, and function? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, mm -hmm. I think that this, this just accelerated the inevitable. The future of work, which I'm passionate about personally, um, that's 
really the space that I feel I'm in is reinventing the way work gets done and leverage is just one one tool in the tool chest of reinventing how work gets done. But this just really accelerated by maybe three to five years what was inevitable, which is you're going to need to be able to operate your company in some some way, shape or form of remote. And so we've been busier than ever uh, and we've been lucky. Uh, we never had an office before, so we never there was no from an operation standpoint nothing new for us in terms of how to operate remotely but um we've been busier than ever because people come to us as the experts in outsourcing anything related to growth in their company and right now especially we've always been um quite busy on the top line revenue types of projects like marketing sales funnels podcast content creation but the thing that happened with the pandemic is more people started coming to us on bottom line revenue optimization, which is the stuff I'm personally more passionate about. So how do you get set up to operate efficiently and be remote? How do you set up systems and tools to be able to still get work done, maintain culture, have everyone aligned on what needs to happen at, at whatever time, communicate with vendors, communicate with team members. So uh, we've been busier than ever. Yeah, one of the things I, I love that and one of the things people have been asking us, and again, this is not our, our full area of expertise, is they know that they need to move into this kind of world that you're talking about and they don't even know where to get started, right? Yeah. Like, what do I do? What tools do I need? How do I get started? And I know that that's something that you guys also have really helped develop and have a solution for. Totally. I, I've built my own um, operational efficiency framework called CPR that stands for Communicate, Plan and Resource. And in my, in my experience, because so that framework is how we were able to grow leverage to the size it was by being remote and never raising money um, was because we identified or I, I identified that those were the three buckets every company needs to be able to scale and operate efficiently. And it's just being remote just adds a constraint. But if you can have sometimes constraints are good. Um, it forces you to really dial in on what the right way of doing something is. So um, those three buckets I identified as whether you're a HVAC company, a vet hospital, or Tony Robbins, um, every company, no matter what you do, needs to communicate, you need to plan, and you need to document knowledge. So that's the CPR, communication, planning, and resource is the documenting knowledge. And it's really important to, one, understand when something should live in each of those tools. But then it's important to then go a bit deeper and understand what tools can help me to facilitate that bucket and how do you optimize those tools. And I've privately consulted for multiple, a multitude of companies, including Tony's company. And it's really just amazing the scavenger hunt that you see in businesses. And with, with not too much effort, it's amazing how much more productive and how much more output people can have from their team and their staff. And not to mention output and profitability, but it also helps improve culture because no one, at least no high producing, high value uh, team member, likes doing things that aren't in their unique ability or things that give them joy. And no one likes going on the scavenger hunt, having to look for in 10 different places to find information. So my framework basically gives some guidelines in terms of when and how to best use different tools in order to help transfer knowledge more seamlessly within your company. And um, I'm writing a new book uh, about this topic. It's called Come Up for Air, How Your Team Can Leverage Systems and Tools to Stop Drowning in Work. And it's, it's the purpose of it is kind of meant to be that employee handbook that uh, you never got when you uh, started the company. You know, employee handbooks are insurance policies and days. How many days off a year do you get? This is really to say, hey, as a company or as a team, this is this is how we work. These are the tools we use. This is how we use them. This is these are the agreements that we've made as a team. Because it only works if you have alignment. It doesn't work, Sean, if if I text you, but then you know you're slacking with uh, Andrew, but then Andrew wants to you know email Leslie. It, it, the scavenger hunt quickly gets created, and complexity scales exponentially in teams. So every, if you're a 10 person team and you want to go to 15 or even 11, it's not, a, it's not a small change. It's exponentially more complicated. And I have a graph that I could send you and show to, 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 to your audience, but 
every node that you add to your organization, there's exponentially more ways for information to get uh, transmitted, but also get lost. So it's as if you if you're plan if you're listening to this and you're planning on your company growing, uh, which most of us do plan on that, the sooner you get a, an operational efficiency framework dialed into your company, it's going to pay off uh, exponentially down the road. I absolutely love that because I think, you know, we work with a lot of clients one-on-one as well. And especially when they're building that initial infrastructure, you're right. They all, they think about, oh, I need an employee handbook. And that's all it is, is like very, you know, uh, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? How Tem- they pay? Templated <laughs> out kind of yeah. thing that they got off the internet. <laughs> and what you're talking about is more of like a culture book. Like this is how we operate. This is the culture that yeah. we live in. This is how we do things. And that allows for massive growth and scaling. I love that. Totally. I mean, it's a difference. Uh, for me, individual productivity is necessary, but not sufficient for a team to be productive. For a team to be productive, you have to have collaboration, coordination, and sometimes your teammate or yourself has to sacrifice slightly their own productivity, spent take an extra one or two or three steps sometimes to put that piece of information in the right place, but it. it's going to save the entire team and your colleague way more time than it took you to put in. And if everyone has that mentality and follows a framework, right? And I don't care about, like, I have my preferences of tools, but for me, it's more an understanding of when and how to use different categories. So I don't care if you're using Outlook or Gmail. I don't care if you're using Slack or Microsoft Teams. I don't care if you're using Trello or Asana or whatever it is. As long as you have one and you understand when and how to use it and your team is aligned on that, you're going to be in the top 0.1 percentile of businesses that I've seen. So if you if you don't mind, let's dive into the CPR just a little bit. Let's get a little granular. Because I know, so the majority of our of our viewers, listeners are going to be in a more of a hands-on delivery of a service, doctors, dentists. Yep. So you, so they love that, right? It's very artistic, and they're and they're like, oh, I'm an artist. I'm really good at this. But I, 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 I don't know about um, Mailchimp. I don't know. I don't. I, I know. I probably should send What's an email. Trello? Yeah, you Hello. said Trello. You, you said say? Slack. I, I think I've heard Talk of that. Language. <laughs> so let's let's look at these. So let's say communication. So what are some communication systems? And and let's just start out for for you know the sake of of the of being very basic. You know the overwhelmed person who's like, look, I don't even know where to start. Give us some starting points for communication, building systems, and some tools that we might use, and how you guys can make my life easier in that realm. Totally. Um, So I'm very well versed in the service industry space because over 90% of our clients fall into that bucket of doctors, dentists, lawyers, accountants, real estate, people in real estate. So very familiar. That's the audience that we serve, right? Now... The quick tip is email and my when I work with people, one of the first things that I usually look at is how are they using email because it's one of the most unoptimized, misused tools that I come across. And it's the tool that's been around the longest. And a lot of people think that they're handling email right and they have a system with a million folders. So getting people to inbox zero and using email properly. And keep in mind, you have to remember, all email is, is it's an external to-do list that other people can add to. So once you're able to get a grip and actually get to inbox zero, not unread zero, that alone can save three to five hours a week before you even start getting into the fancier stuff with Asana and Slack and the other tools. And it's really simple. Once you you can wrap your, your head around that concept, and depending on which email platform you, you uh, use, there's different plugins and tricks. I use Gmail. Uh, there's really three things you can do with an email. And I have an acronym called RAT. You can either reply, you archive, or you defer. And I like Gmail because it has built-in snoozing. Uh, most people don't know about it, but if you hover over an email, there's a clock that pops up on the right and you can snooze it. So use cases would be you have an appointment next Wednesday at a doctor's office and there's an email with directions. You don't need the email to stay in your inbox between now and next Wednesday. Snooze it, have it come back 8 a.m. on Wednesday when it's relevant. Um, and a lot of people make the, make the mistake of 
marking emails as unread or too many folders, like person's name, like a Sean folder or a Nick folder. And always go back to the to kind of the core principle. The name of the game with anything, email, any tool is, can it help me to transfer knowledge faster? What's the quickest way for me to be able to retrieve information? That's it. So when I'm evaluating a new software, a new plugin, a new way of using a tool, that's really the, the thing that I'm asking myself. Will I be able to transfer knowledge faster? And um, I hope that answers your question. So email is the starting point. I recommend email for external communication, text message for, inter for private communication, personal, and tools like Slack or Microsoft Teams for internal communication. Even if you're not using the tools to the highest and best use and you're op not optimizing them, even by separating your communication channels like that, you're already starting to reduce the complexity of how you communicate and reducing the scavenger hunt. Because I know, oh, Sean is a client. I just, I should look in email, right? Because that's for external communication. Oh, what was it that my mom told me? Oh, that's most likely gonna be a text message because that's personal. Oh, what did Andrew on my team tell me? Well, I should probably look in Slack because that's internal. So just that little trick alone, and that's not rocket science, is going to greatly reduce that scavenger hunt, right? Now we can go further and get get you to inbox zero, but the best way to get to inbox zero is to get to email zero. So all the stuff that's happening in email that shouldn't be an email, get it out of email and put it in Slack or text or Asana or where it belongs, all right? So then then you talk about Slack for communication. Um, I'm seeing, seeing people chime in here that they love Slack, love your point. Um, so Slack, another great tool, internal communication, but some of the pitfalls that people fall into and what we help people get set up with, because there's only a couple ways to get these things right. And there's a million ways to get them wrong. And so one of the outcomes of this pandemic was we really doubled down on seeing that people, there's a huge need to help people with getting these things set up. But Slack, being strategic with naming conventions of channels, when should a channel be private versus public? Third-party integrations, automations. Do you have good notification preferences? It's the sum of many things. Do you know all the functionality both on your phone? Because uh, you're on the go a, a big part of the time, at least in a normal world. So have, having an understanding of best practice. And when you set it upright, you can turn Slack. It's such a powerful tool with these integrations. You can turn it literally into a command center. I don't really have to leave Slack to know what's going on in the company because I've set up all these automations with another tool called Zapier, um, where when someone signs up on the website, we get an automation to a new sign-up channel. When a payment fails, there's an automation to a, a failed payment channel. Someone books an info call, it goes to an info call channel. I mean, we have a bunch of different channels with automations notifying us, so I don't need to leave it to know what's going on. I have a I have optics pretty much 360 on the company just from Slack. Um, then you get into the P of CPR, which is planning. And it, the most important thing is to understand when should something live in a planning tool versus a communication tool, right? Most people misuse communication tools as their project management tool. And I've privately consulted some very large companies that are also, whether you're a small accountant or dentist, and you're not doing this, don't worry, because I've seen some very large companies that are way worse, probably. But um, planning tools are for planning. And at the core, the purpose of a project management tool is to be able to answer the question as an individual, what's the most important thing that I need to get done right now? And as a manager, you have to have optics and an understanding of what are the key objects, uh, uh, what are the key milestones? And um, objectives that are going to be achieved in a set period of time. And when you start to delegate in a communication tool, which it's not built for, it's not easy to answer those questions. Delegation tools or project management tools, Asana calls themselves a work management tool. You're able to assign people, you're able to put due dates and descriptions and tags. So when I log in, it's really easy for me to see what my priorities are. In a communication tool, if you miss it, it's now pushed down and uh, it's going to get lost more easily. So it's really important to have an understanding of the difference of when to use each of the tools. And then just like Slack, there's a million ways to set up a project management tool inefficiently and only a few ways to set it up right. But when it is set up right, you have alignment, 
you have um, a team crossing the finish line altogether. Um, and you have a reduction of waste. And then the, the last part is documenting knowledge. And this is one of the most overlooked things that I see in companies. And I, I separate knowledge into two buckets. You have static knowledge in a company and you have dynamic knowledge. Static knowledge answers the question, who, what, when, where, why? Who's the CEO? Where's the office? What are the core values? That should belong in a tool like Notion or Confluence. These are wikis. Every company should have some type of internal knowledge base. Then you have dynamic knowledge and that answers the question, how? How do you onboard a new team member? How do you do payroll? How do you do your taxes? How do you restart the server? Whatever it is. And that is still knowledge, but there's tools like Process Street for that. And those, those generate checklists where you could document the process, but then every time you have to run the process, you could run yourself through a checklist that can have conditional logic and decision trees. So if you're hiring a developer, maybe it's different sequence of steps than hiring a designer. Um, I know I'm going pretty fast here, but I'm trying to get through kind of the, the core content. But the, the other benefit of documenting it in a tool like Process Street is it integrates with automation tools like Zapier. So you could start automating your processes. So for example, you could have an onboarding process and step 17 is to send an email to the new hire. For us, we just click a button and automatically they get the email because we've set up that automation of Zapier to process tree. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah. Yep. Dropping <laughs> bomb. I'm writing notes. <laughs> so, we don't always I'm, do. We're looking at each other like, how do we, how do we miss that? And I think we're the, we're the normal business owner yep. that we know how to use a lot of these tools, but we don't know how to use them to their full capabilities and capacity. And that's then, then we're using too many tools, yep. you know, and not well. Yeah. So this just generates, I just want to recap. I think that what I caught email, G, um, Gmail you like, and that snooze feature. I mean, yeah. home run there. Home run. <laughs> Slack, Asana, Notion or Confluence and Process Tree. Did I get them all? Those are the process, sort of the core three. That's, that's what we use, right? But like, core we, tools, yeah. That's what we, we use, right? And instead of Asana, you might prefer Rike or Monday.com or yeah. Trello, mm -hmm. right? And you could be as successful with any of those or not. It's the most important thing is to know when to use it and how to use it. So, so that's my question. Um, let's say that you and I decide um, that we want to tackle some sort of a business venture together. And I'm like, oh man, Nick, this is going to be great. Um, we'll just put it all on Monday and I'll send it to you. And you're like, yeah, but that's, that's not the tool. That's, that's personally, that this is a personal question. That's how I end up with all these tools. I sometimes find myself with various teams saying, look, there's just too many tools <laughs> like over here. And I get confused. Are we using a yeah, Do you guys do a tool audit? <laughs> yeah. Like, so how do, how do you do that? Well, one of the things that we just launched is a um, business efficiency roadmap where we kind of do a tool audit, an understanding of where your business is at. Uh, what are you using? What, where's the business going? A lot goes into it. Like I don't ever, people are like, what should I use for a CRM or, or for project management? So much goes into um, the decision because it's costly if you pick a wrong one. I mean, yes. we yes. we picked we picked a wrong CRM. We picked Salesforce, which was overkill for us and didn't satisfy kind of our unique business use cases. We hired a consultant that we trusted, really smart person. We learned a lot about because um, I at the time wasn't a CRM expert. Now CRMs is something that is a core tool that um, most businesses need. Um, we lost, I don't know, over $50,000 um, on that decision alone, right? Um, and it's not, the, the, the big expense with picking a wrong software isn't the software cost, it's the labor cost that goes right. into the training, the setup, and then you have to scrap it. Um, so when, when someone asks me a question about software, I have to get an understanding are you a remote company? How big is your team? What 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 business are you in? Do you have if you're a doctor, which I guess in your in your community of dentists and doctors, is HIPAA compliance something to worry about? Because if it, if HIPAA compliance is something to worry about, then there's different tools that you have to start thinking about, right? Um, uh, how tech savvy are people? Like, what direction are you going in? Is there a possibility that you're going to pivot, or what's your plans to expand? Because maybe there's a tool that could be right for you now, 
but it might not scale well for you with the direction that you're going in. And you have to look holistically, right? Because different tools um, integrate with each other differently, solve different problems. So a lot more goes into the tooling than I think a lot of people think. And I think that that's really some of the added value, at least that I hope we provide. Uh, but in my experience, most people aren't using these, start, aren't even scratching the surface of getting the most out of these tools and using it to the highest and best use, Jay Abraham concept. Um, and a lot of things change with these tools. We're constantly re, we're less so picking new tools. I mean, we do, we, we, we've retooled a bit this last quarter, but it's really um, even learning about new features that they release or thinking about new ways that you could use them uh, to be more efficient. And sometimes, um, even though we're, we're, I'd consider ourselves world experts at this stuff, we're still learning a lot and getting ourselves improving our efficiency. I mean, even, even the last week, we've changed the way that we've used Asana pretty significantly that's going to um, produce far greater results for us. Um, so I, I, my suggestion would be celebrate micro, micro wins. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save a second. I'm not, I'm not looking for one hour wins, but I'm trying to identify how, because I, I come from the high frequency trading world. So for me, microseconds could mean millions. So mm -hmm. I, for me, I'm celebrating. If I could save someone a second, not just me, my team, um, I consider it a win. But you know, some days I might find 20 five second wins. Some days I might find none. But I'm constantly looking for micro improvements, and it starts to add up. You know, if you oh, every day you look for some micro improvements, by the end of the quarter you have something significant. So we just came out of doing this past weekend. Um, a program that we do once a year, it's called Money Matters, where we work on people's mindsets, their relationship with money, and money in general. And sort of our premise is that you have to have the right mindset, then you need a strategy, and then you have to couple the appropriate behavior with the mindset and the strategy in order to affect the result. And as you're talking, I, and, and I'm looking at some of the comments, um, I, I'm thinking like it's it's exactly the same formula. There are a lot of people who, and, and, and I would imagine in your mind, you gave us a pretty elementary kindergarten basic overview of the system. And there are a lot of people that are like, and you mentioned this, like tech averse, like, oh, oh you're, 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 I don't even know. I don't know what any of that is. And, and that stops them. That, that completely yeah. stops their efficiencies, yeah. their systems. What do you say to someone like that so that we could at least even get them in the door and begin to interface, maybe yeah. even get them to look to you and get leverage for help? So, well, so one of the, it's a good point, which is why we learned that actually exactly what you're saying. We, we found, because I could rattle off, like I'm, I'm holding back, I could give you a hundred tools right now, right? But that wouldn't help people because it's so much, it's far better to just, go one at a time and get get it set up right than it is to sign up for five tools right now and half-ass the implementation of it because if you don't set it up right it could hurt your your team's productivity rather than help it right so um so that's why in the remote in the roadmaps that that i'm building we put a timeline on things so based on the unique use case this is what we would do phase one phase two phase three and you can do it yourself or if you need help Usually, so step one is go one at a time. Usually, again, every business is different. So I'm just going to share with you kind of rough patterns that I found. But usually, unless there's some weird exceptions, learning how to use email properly is usually the first one. Um, then the, the one after that usually is setting up Slack or Microsoft Teams or another variation of that, depending on what's the right and most appropriate tool for you. Um, typically, that, typically, those are the right starting points because if you're not communicating efficiently and effectively with your team, um, it's like the oxygen of your company. If you can't communicate efficiently, everything slows down. And especially if, if you're stuck right now with the pandemic, having to work remotely, or you've decided going forward that you're going to permanently be remote or a hybrid of remote, the most important thing in my mind is that you have a line of communication. You know, in war, key strategy is to wipe out the enemy's lines of communication. Um, the reason for that is it 
you really uh, the game plan really suffers when you can't communicate. It turns out so. Those are the first starting two. After that, then I typically um, will then start looking at project management tools, um, process documentation, and knowledge documentation. Um, knowledge knowledge bases like wikis are relatively easy to set up. Process documentation takes a bit more time, um, but they're all important, right? So the communication and planning stuff that we're talking about or automation, it helps you move faster forward. The documenting knowledge helps you, it's like insurance, it helps you to avoid moving backwards. You know, I had to live through a business partner picking up and leaving suddenly. And had we not have documented all the processes, we for sure would have gone under. Um, so a lot of people are really focused on marketing or rep, like things that like you see revenue immediately, but you have to also keep in mind kind of the invisible assets in your company, which, which I would classify your knowledge bases, your operational foundation. That's like an, an invisible asset on your company where you might not documenting some of these key processes might generate a return from you today, tomorrow, next month next quarter but your head of finance quits suddenly or something happens and you don't know how to do payroll and it's not anywhere to be found uh it could set you back sometimes three months six months or bankrupt you so you have to find that balance of um activities that are helping you to accelerate going forward but also risk reduction activities and and documenting knowledge it's, it's kind of a two for one because it's it's insurance that helps you helps you avoid going backwards, but also in a large degree, it helps you move forward faster too because people can find information faster. It helps get people ramped up, uh, speed of onboarding, et cetera. Can't hear you. There we go. You're still on mute over there. Um, what I love about that, I think you're absolutely right. People have a tendency, especially when they're getting started and creating that initial momentum and infrastructure, they're creating the infrastructure, but they're not documenting it. And they forget how valuable that really is. And you know, when you try to go backwards and document systems that you've already created, you miss a lot and they kind of fall apart, right? It's a pain. No one it's likes it. I I hate it, but but I also hate repeating myself. And if, if that's a lot of seconds, <laughs> I mean, I, so it's like, what do I hate more? Like, and it's kind of like, do I want to? It's an investment. So I try my hardest. It, 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 no one likes going to the gym either, but you like you like the way your body looks after you've done it. So. I don't like documenting knowledge, but I do, I do like not having to repeat myself and people can just go and find what they need. Right. Yeah. Um, so you gotta, you gotta think of it that from that lens. One thing that we do too, one, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I ask the team, Hey, why are you doing that? Like, why do we onboard a team member that way? Or why is that the process? For me, it's an unacceptable answer when someone says, Oh, well, that's, that's because it's the way that's always been done. I say, that's how we've always done it. Yeah. Right. And I guarantee you everyone on here right now knows what I'm talking about because every business, including ourselves, have fallen into that trap. Mm -hmm. So the way that you get out of that trap is you use a tool like Process Street. And um, by the way, all these tools I'm mentioning, I think we get some discounts at tools.getleverage.com if that's helpful. I don't know what the discounts are. I just remember that we set stuff up. Um, but... Aside from the saving time, repeating yourself, aside from the automation, when you document a process, I don't think you need the WWW, Sean. I think it's just tools.getleverage. Um, so what we do is we, every quarter, when we do our planning, and right now we're going through our quarterly planning, we, we um, allocate a certain amount of resources and time and energy, not just to revenue producing, key projects and initiatives, but risk reducing. Mm -hmm. And so we identify at least one process that we want to stress test a quarter. And we do role rotation on that process where it could be payroll process. And now the person that did payroll is going to swap with someone else for a week. And now someone else is going to go and stress test that process and try to do payroll without any interference or any handholding. 
And if they can't get through it, it means the process isn't well documented. And then you got to go and update the process. And one, one thing I learned from, from the high frequency trading days, because when you're a high frequency trader, you have to take a two week block leave every year where you can't access email, log into remotely to anything. It's a way for them to stress test that you're not hiding trades. Uh, one thing that I learned in that, because I would have to write an email and, and explain how to launch my, my book, my how my algorithms work. Um, every time I came back from vacation, Sean, without, without question, for eight years, there was always an improvement to how my book traded, like no, no matter what, always an improvement. And that's because even though I was, say, the world expert at trading that, that portfolio, that strategy, or that algorithm, um, fresh eyes spark innovation. So you, you get a two for one with that. You're both de-risking your business by having a backup. You're stress testing that things are well documented and you get the whole fresh high spark innovation part of it where then people can start asking questions like, Hey, why are you doing it like this? Like, didn't we, didn't we recently like add HubSpot? Like shouldn't HubSpot be doing some of this? And it's like, Oh, you know what? You're right. I'm just so used to just keep doing the same thing. Um, we should we should update that process because of some something that's changed. So it's a good way to just make sure that um, your company is constantly uh, improving on its processes. So uh, Lacey wants me to make sure I get everything clear because I have it clear, but apparently I keep not saying it. The URL is getleverage.com. The company <laughs> yeah, is, is leverage. leverage. Yes. <laughs> Lacey's got it. I, I, I have it too. I, I just I, I must be saying it all crisscrossed or something. I have to say, though, listening to you, Nick, too, it, it, what you're talking about absolutely shows up in your business, the way that the business is run, and how, as a customer and a client, I experience it. Because what I've always loved about working with leverage is I do notice that there is a lot of individuals that can cross over and help me with certain areas of tech or certain things, but they still all have their area of expertise but they're well-versed in lots of things. And yeah. so from an experiential standpoint, I really liked that about how leverage functions. But so, so I want to, I want to give Nick opportunity because yeah. uh, one black diamond club members are super responsive Two, Nick is just dropping gold bars all over the place. <laughs> how crazy would it be that you just see him? Like, like you're like, Oh yeah, I could snooze an email and you don't do it. You must not like money. <laughs> If you're listening to this advice and you just and are like, I'm not going to yeah. do stress it. Test your <laughs> you hear that oh and you're gosh. like, oh, I don't need to stress test anything. <laughs> like you must not like money. You must like being, you know, in a state of chaos. But yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. Black Diamond Club members, super responsive. Let's say that finally, just like us, we're, we're you know, scrambling to take notes and we're like, hey, we need help. What do, what we, do we do? How do we, how do, how does a Black Diamond Club member work with leverage? at getleverage.com. <laughs> how do we, how do, how, how does the process start? What does it look like? And what, what happens to our life once we get some leverage in our lives? So the URL is getleverage.com. You can check it out. We've actually, uh, we actually to the public are now doing a wait list. So we're not even taking new customers, but mm. we, um, your, your community, we can make an exception for. And if anyone emails me, nick at getleverage.com, Happy to answer any questions, see how, you know, we'll be honest with people. If we're not a good fit or we think someone should start somewhere else, we'll, we'll tell them. Um, so anyone can reach out to me. I have, we have tons of free, free content and materials too. If this subject is interesting, um, you don't, this isn't supposed to be a sales pitch just to sign up for leverage. If someone, if you need anything, uh, feel free to email. And if we have any content that would be helpful, I'm happy to to share it. And I'm, I'm happy, Sean, uh, um, to, to send you some follow-up material that you can share with the community. That'd be great. Yeah, but you know what? I'm just going to point this out. I'm going to point two things out. One, um, Nick's rocking the Tom Ford frames. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> two, um, I've noticed, If you have you noticed it, that successful people, we've had this happen. I mean, look at how many people have come on here, Tucker Max, and given their personal email. And, yeah. and they, and they managed to respond. Why? Because you're organized. 
they have a they have system. a system and they're able to respond. I could imagine like there's probably some of our members that are like, oh my that god. They have the red <laughs> bubbles of death all over their phone yes. with those big numbers. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage everyone. Look, this is a there's this giant yeah. life and business lesson. Um, reach out to Nick. Um, get on getleverage.com. And here's there's the next question. So a lot of um, a lot of our members, a lot of people have VAs. Leverage is not a substitute necessarily for a VA. It's no. it's it's a it's it's a what? How would we describe well, that? It's, it's, so, it's you need both. Well, I, I'm very well versed in the VA space because we started off as a VA company. Mm -hmm. um, so I know very well. I mean, we we've done tens of thousands of admin related tasks before we kind of went more upmarket and started doing the more complex stuff within the growth arena. Um, so it's not either or, they both can be helpful. Um, a big, my, my thought with a lot of the use case of how people use, I think there is a really strong use case for a VA. I, I have yet to find anything better than you knowing how to manage your own calendar and um, email. Now, a VA, if you just out and out refuse and you don't want to get in it, it's better than better than nothing. But if you follow some of these tricks that I've told you on this, and again, I, I'm happy to share some additional stuff that I, that we built um, around these topics. Uh, there's a lot of things where I don't feel I was struggling to find a VA gave you. Everyone talks about return on investment, but I I think of it as return on time, and a lot of the work that people gave VAs, like people would give us, you know, book me a flight on Delta and I want to sit aisle. And if I can't get it for this price, let's go on American. By the time you explain all that, it might take you three minutes to explain and two minutes to uh, do it yourself. So that that ratio is is never going to be super high. In a lot of cases, it's hard to get a really good return on, on time. And and. We started doing more complex stuff like I'm a writer for Inc. In the back of an Uber, I might have an idea. I'll send a three-minute audio recording to my ghostwriter. He's going to listen to it, create a whole Inc. article, take him four hours, and then uh, coordinate with Inc. And then pass it off to the social media team who's then going to blast it. So three minutes of my time might get me five or six hours worth of uh, you know, human capital work. So I'm... We, the reason why we moved away from VA is in order to be able to do things that produced a higher return on time. So it's it's not an either or. If you have a VA that's doing more admin stuff, that's great. We could do things like set, you know, you have a content creation strategy, you want to launch a blog or a podcast, a sales funnel, you need something designed, a lead magnet created, or any of this stuff that I talked about with the operational side of things, set up a CRM, automate certain processes. Uh, we have some world-class people on both sides of that. And it's it's really a unique model, the way that we work, because we give you a team of people that you can use at your disposal. And so as opposed to having to hire a full-time person or go on a scavenger hunt and look for random freelancers in other uh, countries, we vet, train, and uh, back all the work. And you don't have to go and hire 10 different people. Leverage has all the different skill sets that you would need for the most part. And um, if, if, we, if someone gets stuck, they have the whole team support. So we're all communicating, we're updating knowledge bases of libraries and playbooks and best practices, and it's constantly improving. So Lacey, I, I'm so happy to hear that you're having a good experience because like, there's so, so much that we have in the pipeline uh, that, that I'm excited to share with you that, you should, that should 10x the quality. Uh, so if you're already happy, it should, it should only go up from here. Well, what I'm really happy about is that you got Sean excited about now <laughs> trying to see what you guys can do. He usually leaves that stuff up to me. And now he's looking at me like, well, maybe I need to check out what they so, can offer as well. well so. I'll sh so that example I shared with you about picking the wrong tool, I'll share with you how that impacted the, the business. So we picked Salesforce, wrong tool. We switched to HubSpot. Right. Now, now this might not sound like necessarily like a huge decision, but what HubSpot now is allowing us to do and why it's so much better for us is every team member now can get a seat in HubSpot. So one of the one of the problems that we had was <laughs> people didn't know that 
you know, I wouldn't know that you spoke to Andrew if I'm not in Salesforce and there's only, it was only for the salespeople, right? right? So there was a lot of batons getting dropped. You know, I'm just being transparent like that. That was one of the big complaints that we had. Like, oh, I just told this person that now do I have to repeat it? And it was because like, we didn't have the right system, right? But so now that we have the right system for our unique business case, Salesforce might be the right business case for another company, right? It really depends like our unique business cases we're doing. We have freelancers that are doing work for clients. Uh, uh, one of the things that we need unique for our businesses, we need to know upcoming meetings and notes and who spoke to who and one system of record that everyone can see in a 360. That's unique to us. So now we just rolled it out a couple of weeks ago. Now we'll know what are the open service tickets, tasks, upcoming meetings with who, all emails from the team are getting logged into one, into one record. So every team member has a full 360 on the client. So um, that's just one example kind of tying back to leverage, but also to systems, how a system is really, I, I don't make just blanket recommendations. It really matters on many different uh, parameters for your unique business case. Awesome. And you know, um, I was introduced to Nick by Connor Blakely and we had a conversation and I, you know, we were all, we were impressed because we were rec, we were referred I, yeah, by Jay Abraham, by Jay Abraham and Jay's team. And Jay, Jay's not no tech wizard. And I don't mind not. saying that publicly. <laughs> he will say that publicly. So, so Jay and I are in talks right now to, to write a book together about, about taking his strategies and how do you wrap tech around it? Yeah, That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> but I think here, here's what our members are, and, and I want to I, I read your minds. But imagine, in, in Katana is still in its infancy. We have just over 100 users. Our goal in, in um, one, one year is to be at 1,000 users. Katana Nick is an EHR that has baked into it. We leverage the EHR data to make it, in essence, a CRM. So it, it has email, texting, funnels, and it's all under one hood. So imagine that we were able to get that technology over to Nick and his team, create create experts that would would be able to help providers navigate that under the same processes, right? It's just like a would be a dream, and everybody would want that because that's the number one thing with Katana. It's the same thing with any other tool. Is oh, any email tool? Yes. Any now funnel, I have to use. Yeah, it. I have to use it. How do yes. I use it? Yeah. Right. The, the so we could, yeah. So our team could get trained up and get really good at how to set it up, but not just set it up, but set it up the right way. Yeah. And, um, you know, be a service provider to, to your community to help implement. That's awesome. That would be amazing. All right. So you have a podcast. If people love this and they want more, which we're getting these comments, um, you know, questions, comments, where, where can they check out the podcast? So it's called the Leverage Podcast. So they can check that out. I'm a writer for Inc. So I write about all this stuff. If you just uh, look me up, Nick Sonnenberg, Inc. on Google, you'll see my Inc. column. Um, and then the book. It, the book, Come Up for Air, How Your Team Can Leverage Systems and Tools to Stop Drowning in Work. That should come out later this year. It's not ready yet. Um, and if, if you like this stuff, feel free to just shoot me an email and I'll have my team uh, send you over send you over some more stuff. And I'll, 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 shoot, I'll shoot you guys over some some follow-up material if, that, if, if that's helpful and you can share it absolutely people yeah. are people are asking home run i mean you absolutely crush it and look i think for everybody you know this is this hidden part of your business that nobody wants to look at they put it in the dark corner <laughs> and they avoid it on a weekday <laughs> afternoon like yeah. let's not talk about my weak systems and stress <laughs> testing but listen if you truly are committed to building a very successful business. If you're commuted, if you're committed to the people that you serve and you want to serve more, make a bigger impact and create the lifestyle of your dreams, you must, you absolutely have we, to have strong And systems. we always say it in Black Diamond Club, infrastructure before growth. Yes. You don't 100%. want to grow infrastructure, right? 100%. And that's what this is all about. This is about helping you create the infrastructure that you don't even know is shaky. So it, I mean, not to, it gives you leverage. Like you can't, scale something that's built off of duct tape and spit like i right <laughs> I've, I've tried and it's honestly it's taken us i i talk about this stuff passionately because i've done it both ways and i know what it's like to scale prematurely like when we started yeah. leverage 
we got to 150 people, seven figures the first year. Um, so much was broken around business model and systems. I mean, it was really just, we were really good at marketing. It's taken me two years to fix the foundation right. um, from, from those mistakes. So I really just get passionate about this stuff because I know firsthand how hard it is to unwind some of the, op what I call operational debt in, in, the, in your business. And nice. so to your point, it's not necessarily, leverage does both the marketing side of things and the operations. The operations is not the sexy side of business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you talk to someone and you're like, hey, I have a great strategy to help you uh, improve your process, or I have a great strategy to help you close more sales deals, like everyone's gonna want more sales deals, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to make as much of an impact for your business as some of the operational things. It's just easier to visualize because there's a number directly tied to selling something and it's harder to quantify the time savings, but everyone has an hourly rate that they're worth, uh, whether you think about it or not. And it could be $50 an hour, a hundred, a thousand, whatever it is. And if you set these things up and you save five hours a week, 10 hours a week, there is a dollar number that you can associate to this stuff. It's just not as tangible as closing sales. So building that awareness is something that I'm always trying to work on. Well, everybody, the people have already posted, I get excited about systems and processes. <laughs> I think operations are sexy, but most people don't. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your passion and sharing your knowledge and some tips for people, because I know just the things that you shared, if they implement any one of those things, will help them get more efficient and get some of their own time back. So I just and I have, I have one last thing that I just can't. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't ask you this. So I have, you know, all of the folders. So a Get Leverage folder, a Jay Abraham folder. I have a folder for everything. So are yep. you just saying I just have archive, yeah, and closed or done? Yeah, it's basically now or not now. And back to that first principle, how do you retrieve the information as quickly as possible? It will probably be faster for you to search Jay Abraham in the search bar of your email and pull up all of Jay's emails than it is to go and find his folder. Yep, fair enough, that's now, what I do anyway. The only, the only use case for folders really is when it's not easily searchable. So like say, like for me, I have like a trips folder because my girlfriend might give me trip recommendations. You, you, you guys might, might say, hey Nick, was just thinking of you and I think you'd really like this hotel we just went to like so it's not really easy for me to search because it could be coming from a lot of different sources mm -hmm. that's where a folder could make sense but a big a big mistake I see uh, clients making is they have a folder uh, per, per, per client or per team member and it's just far faster to search I love it awesome thank you that thank was you awesome so much yeah yeah you knocked it out of the park Unbelievable. Uh, it was it was super useful. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate and it. we look forward to uh, continuing the, the dialogue, the conversation and working together and um, helping more people. Totally. And again, my email is Nick at N-I-C-K at get leverage, G-E-T-L-E-V-E-R-A-G-E.com. Feel free to shoot me an email. I respond personally to all emails. That's so awesome. I have a good, awesome. I have a pretty good email system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you. Bye <laughs> right, guys. Thanks for having me.